me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Sorry. <laughs> you tell him that I'll have his money when I'm damn well ready. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Cardia! I think he broke it. Look what you made me do! And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio! Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Now the time has come for all the two clothes overthrow the Craig, I don't know mm-hmm. if there is a technology that exists that would be able to give Pedro Pascal a full beard to be able to play Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four movie. Something out there would stop him from playing a character would be his beard because there's no way in hell whether physically or in post-production, that they could give this man a full beard. Never in the world. That's why we don't want Pedro Pascal playing a white guy. He's... Sorry, folks, for those who are tuning in late or for those playing the home game, <laughs> um, we are commenting on uh, comments on the Comic Book Gurus page, Comic Book Gurus on Facebook, about... Uh, a lot of pale guys not liking Pedro Pascal playing Mr. Fantastic. And, and um, one of the comments was because he can't even grow a beard. Um, If there's two words, folks, spirit gum, it works. You can apply it to the face and I mean, yeah, hair grows out. Or, and I he mean, had a beard in Last of Us for those of you. Uh, well, who it are. wasn't full. Oh, OK. Ruined the whole performance. Yeah, that's what threw it off for me. Yeah. Yeah. However, how however is Pedro Pascal. That's a hard word to say. That's a hard name to say back to back. Yeah. Pedro Pascal. Pedro. However, is he going to figure out how to play Mr. Fantastic? Oh, oh, what's it called? It's called. Yeah. And and again, he's playing a character that's not real. So. Um, I don't know how you can miscast someone who who's not a real person. Um, and and I I posted that Dan and and HIAC Talk Radio audience. Um, uh, we're talking about my other um podcast, uh, Comic Book Gurus, because I I posted I wanted to know what my fans thought of Pedro Pascal, the most popular actor in the world, being cast in a potentially huge franchise in the Marvel universe and almost to a man, no one liked it. And I thought, you know, it was just the, my, the fans of comic book gurus or the fans of comic books, their ignorance was just confined to uh, characters uh, that they grew up while reading comic books, being black now, or being like Captain America or being a woman now, like Captain Marvel, um, they don't like their characters being uh, changed. We grew up reading these characters, and now 
Captain America is black. Now Captain Marvel's a woman, and I have to deal with that. But I didn't think there would be a problem with Pedro Pascal playing Reed Richards, but I wanted to see for myself to be sure. And sure enough, to a man, even some people even writing quote, I like everyone in the cast except Pedro. It's like it didn't, it couldn't have anything to do with him being Chilean or being from Chile. Well, yeah, I guarantee you most people just think he's Mexican. Even though Pedro Pascal is so popular now because of the amount of American men he's played, American white men, I should add. In abundance. Yeah. But, um, being Mr. Fantastic, I'm finding out a sacred ground and that shouldn't be trifled with. I didn't hear anything about Pedro Pascal being miscast when The Last of Us was breaking ratings records for HBO um, and probably the most successful adaptation of a video game in the history of cinema. All the video games that have come and gone that have been tried to put on the be put on the big screen and failed miserably. Dune, Doom, Need for Speed. Prince of Persia, don't get me started. Hitman, one after the other yeah. after the other. Horrible. Yeah. But Rest they adapted man. The Last of Us, and it's absolutely enormous. The highest rated original program in the left that HBO has had in about 12 years, and the ratings were through the roof. I didn't hear one person say anything about Pedro Pascal being miscast for playing a white guy. Because Joel, in Last of Us, very white. Montana white. There's nothing but white in Montana. As you were saying that, I was going to say Utah white, but yours is better. Yours is yeah. better. But my dad or Utah white. The only thing black, <laughs> white, at least in Utah, the one black thing they have in Utah is Carmelone. But in, my, in Montana, I can't name any. But, but again, nothing. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> but Mr. Fantastic, ooh. Uh, God. That's a lot. Uh, uh, it's funny. I just had a live response to the chan- uh, to the that very page, that very Facebook post we're talking about. Uh, Mr. Chandros Evans um, said, "I'm surprised white people aren't complaining about Pedro Pascal, Hispanic actor, playing Mr. Fantastic." And I just replied, "Look up." Yes, <laughs> referring to the comment section. Yeah, and he replies, "So you're saying I'm white?" No. And I said, I was referring to the comment section above <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Evans. No, you are barking on the wrong tree. Yeah. Said it like that on purpose. Uh, and the other, my other favorite po- uh, reply on here was um, somebody with a picture of Matthew Good as Reed. And for those who don't know, he is the actor that played Osmandius uh, in uh, mm. uh, the uh, Watchmen the movie. Watchmen. Yeah. Which I can't hear Osmandius quotes, not in that voice. And that's after um, blanking. Oh, she'd kill me. Jeremy Irons played him in the show. Yeah. In the, yeah. Which you know, is fantastic. Is, is, awesome. as well. Oh, my God. When he gets knocked down at the end because he won't shut the fuck up about saving the world the second time, he just gets clocked with the coffee can. I'm just like, yes. Um, but he's fantastic. But. Matthew Good, I could just turn that argument around and go, oh, I don't see him being a good enough actor to play Richard Reed. 
Or Reed Richards, excuse Reed me. Richard. Yeah, yeah. Reed Richards. He can't pull it off. He's so soft spoken. Oh, wait, he's an actor. Oh, yeah. There's there's that. Uh, oh, he replied. Hold on. He, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess he re- I guess he did look up. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Would you would you want me to go? What did you want me to say? <laughs> but they're okay with a guy named Ebon. Yeah, uh, I found out uh, Danny's pronounced Eben. Okay. Yeah, he says it's 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 Eben Eben Baccarat. Well, to be fair, he is from Massachusetts, so yeah. Uh, great he's, actor. Why do I know who that is? Who he's, he's married the, to? The bear. Oh. Oh shit! Yes, I, he is in the bear. Mm-hmm. He's married to um um Evan is married to Yelena Yemchik, who um did a bunch of music videos in the late nineties for the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh. Like one of my fa- one of my favorite music videos. She, I believe, she directed was um thirty three. Oh, nice. And uh, she's also from the Ukraine, so I'm sure she's having a great time. Yeah, in this country. These days. Yeah, she did 33 and zero. I, I figured it out. Zero is also great. Um, song. I couldn't think of the word. Um, I do like Joseph Quinn. Yeah, he was great as uh, Eddie Munson. And uh, I don't there. These are fine. I don't yeah. like it's just the cast list. But, you know, fans have been clamoring for a good Fantastic Four movie for many, many years. And the previous three didn't say, didn't, you know, satiate anyone's uh, desire. And because it's, it's a fantastic four. It's the first family of Marvel comics, the first big Marvel comics hit ever. And you, you know, it's like the first comic and it's the only one they haven't done right. And we got every other, uh, even though the, the second rate, heroes in the Marvel Universe got great movies and the Fantastic Four can't even have one. So now it's Fox lost their rights to it. It's finally, you know, Marvel, it's going to be part of the MCU, so they've got to get it right. Cast has got to be right, and I've heard this from Rob for as long as I've known him. Which is too long. Yes, uh, but it's got to be the cast. The cast, the cast, the cast. And I'm my argument has always been it doesn't matter about the cast. It's the writing, it's the direction, it's the type of movie you're going to put on. I always look at my go-to, and we're I swear to God, we're going to talk about wrestling at some point. Um, right after this, yeah. Batman and Robin. <laughs> you had an Oscar winner, a future Oscar winner director in George Clooney. Yeah. You had an Oscar winning director in Joel Schumacher. It was written by Avika Goldsmith, who would win an Oscar for beautiful mind you had all these incredibly talented people and the movie was absolute a whale size a mastodon sized piece of shit if a if a blue whale shot out a woolly mammoth and that woolly mammoth took a shit that's how big a shit batman and robin was but you had all these oscar winners in it so none of that matters if the movie isn't good so i don't i'm I'm not in the Fantastic Four camp. No, uh, sorry, always... Rob. It's not. It's writing. It's not acting. Yeah, exactly. So I, again, I don't care about the cast because uh, the, the, the cast David... has to have something written for them worth a shit for it yes. to be good. 
uh, David Diggs from Hamilton and from Snowpiercer was originally uh, thought of as the thing um, was going to be uh, the thing. He, I, he was in the running. Um, but I, again, I wouldn't. And as far and everyone that was yelling at but and so, uh, somebody, I put it on the, on the Fantastic Four uh, website. The same question didn't like uh, Eben. I'm sorry, Evans' um, character. He's too skinny to be the thing. You know, he's going to be. He's not going to stay like that, right? At some point, he's going. Do to Do they be... think that um, what's his name looks like that? Um, from the original two movies. Uh, why can't I think of his name? The Commish. Oh, uh, Michael Chiklis. Chiklis. Do you yeah. do, do people think Chiklis is orange and clay? You want they they want they 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 want the Ben Grimm the thing to be a big guy. Like if think Alan Rich Richson from uh, Reacher, like a lot of people thought that would have been a good Ben Grimm because he was a big guy. I even thought John Cena might have been uh, because he's a former football player and he's a he's a stocky guy. But in re in and I've been told this by other Fantastic Four um, purists that Ben Grimm is necessarily isn't stocky, but he's just a tall guy. And I'm just like it re again doesn't matter because he's not going to be. Ben Grimm for long. For most of the movie, we hope he's going to be the thing, and they'll CGI him like they do with Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. So, it again, none of this matters. Um, I didn't think it would, but I wanted to see for myself. So I'm glad you're seeing it now, Dan. The the Pedro the anti Pedro Pascal. Uh, I did not movie. think we lived in a world where Pedro Pascal couldn't take a film role. The reason they went to Pedro Pascal is because he's Pedro fucking Pascal yeah. and he's amazing in everything. And I will argue fantastic, no pun intended, in Spider uh, Wonder Woman 2. Wonder Woman 2, yeah. I loved him. Granted, <laughs> in that movie, I loved him in that. I love that movie, but I'm wrong. So we're not going to talk about that. Um, and I always and I thought I saw you post. I did not get involved because I have not seen it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but Madam Webb is out tonight. Yeah. So I last and night. you said I enjoyed it, but it's not good, but it's not the worst movie ever made. And I was like, has this person ever seen Batman and fucking Robin? <laughs> I saw Batman and Robin in the theater and I and I wrote in my. So comment, did I. I. I wrote in my comment, Dan, um, that. Yeah, uh, Webb is not the worst movie I've ever seen. And you're talking to a guy who saw Showgirls in a theater. Okay. So. Yeah. No. Even uh, I couldn't rub one out to that one. <laughs> and I can rub out to anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> doing it right now on the show. I'm doing it right now on the on the show. Um, Yeah, I'm just like. <laughs> and they all look like I expect them to look. Mm-hmm. When I, I'm like, yep, no, he's a douche. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, he has a beard. Mm hmm. Yep. Pedro, uh, Pedro Pascal. See, I, I don't get how all because I know my brain is wired very badly. Mm -hmm. Um, I know ADHD, OCD, autism. I, uh, I'm everything. Not by choice. I don't, you know, go out and trumpet it when I have to. When I'm having a problem, I say it better. If I'm like, it's not, I'm not doing it. Hold on. <laughs> Give, me a, Give me a second. I don't have my filters. My filter has to be forced to be turned on. Um, 
when someone when I saw Pedro Pascal was cast, I was like, oh great, cool, fantastic actor, mm-hmm. not fantastic Chilean Chilean actor. And he said, oh, he's a great actor. Yeah. Oh, a woman's directing a movie. She's a great director. Yeah. Not a great female director. She's a great director. Yeah. It's okay, guys. You'll be fine. I just want this movie to be mm, good. Yeah. I have to remind folks that Fast Times at Richmond High was directed by a woman. And no one seems to, everyone seems to overlook that part. The, the ultimate teenage fantasy male film is, you know, Amy Heckerling, folks, look it up. But he knows who the fuck that is, dude. You, <laughs> like, and, and, I, and that's sarcasm. I'm not talking, I'm talking, it's an ir- I'm being ironic. Mm hmm. Because I'm like, of course, Craig knows that, but like, she's amazing. Yeah. And I guarantee most people have seen almost every movie she's directed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guaranteed. Well, I mean, after Fast Times, when she, when that was her, I, I want to say that was when she would, they, oh, she's great. She said, yep, give her more jobs. Yeah. yeah. Um, or or Catherine Bigelow, who, you know, directed the her locker. See uh, now, my only problem with Catherine Bigelow is is uh, just hold your camera still. Don't be Michael Bay, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved um, uh, Zero Dark Thirty. I think she also yeah. directed. Mm-hmm. But all I can see in my head is that one shot of the 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 suicide bomber coming down the dirt road and the camera. Yeah. Just. And I'm like, just hold the fucking camera still. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. She uh she did Johnny Dangerously. I'm going through her filmography. Yeah. Johnny Dangerously, fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not a good movie. You're wrong. Um European Vacation. Yeah. I'll give you a look who's talking. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Uh Clueless. Yeah. Night at the Roxbury. I'm not a fan. She was a producer. Um it's like she's got and she unfortunately also did three episodes of the Fast Times uh, television show, but that's not her fault. Nope. Uh, I mean, kind of, but <laughs> it's it's almost as if um, she had jobs because she proved herself. It's almost as if Pedro Pascal has a job because I, I almost forgot my final point about that whole thing. Was, I'm really tired of seeing Pedro Pascal. You know, I'm tired of seeing <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of seeing George Clooney. Yeah. Why are those bastards always getting jobs in movies over and over and over again? They're not even that good. That's sarcasm. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of seeing the movies Brad Pitt. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah, now you hear how stupid you sound? Do you hear how stupid you sound now? That's how asinine and bass backwards you sound. The stupidest thing I've ever heard. I don't yeah, see color. Well, I well, that's you must be a lot of fun at traffic lights. <laughs> it must be fun to play Twister with. <laughs> you don't see color. Um, yeah, and uh, to piggyback on that, and I swear we're gonna end this. This watch this transition into wrestling. Um, if you're sick of seeing those people, the same people over and over again, uh, it's because the same people over and over again. Um, make big movies that draw big money or on TV that draws big ratings. So 
more people want to see them because they've already seen so much of them. They want to see more of them. Um, it's not a, a, a put down or anything. It's not a, yeah, I'm all about inclusion and diversity and all that. That's yeah, great. But I know Brad Pitt's in the movie. It's going to get a lot of eyes. A lot of people are going to watch it. Same thing with Tom Cruise, regardless of how you feel about them personally, or you think they can't act or they think they, you, you think they suck. Great. I'm right with you. You could even throw Dwayne Johnson in there. But fact is, when he's in the movie, it's going to be a lot of it. There's going to be a lot of attention and he's going to be all over your screen because that's who he is. Converse for that is wrestling. Primarily in AEW, because in AEW, it doesn't matter if a guy isn't popular or doesn't draw any ratings or the audience doesn't give a shit about him. Um, He'll still be on TV every week. I.E. Danny Garcia, Orange Cassidy. Uh, the best friends, people that can't draw, that you gave them a box of crayons and an endless supply of green paper, they couldn't draw money um, if you paid them to draw money. But guys that should, that the fans do want to see, and the fans will definitely take to, like a Mark Briscoe, like a Jay Lethal, or even guys you have in your company that can draw you money, uh, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs. I look at guys that are in AEW, and it's un- it's an unfair comparison, but it's one that's worth making because of where we are. It's like if I look at my favorite teams, or I look at my guys on my squad, could this guy on my could this guy who who from the Sixers could play on the Nuggets? They're, they're the best team in the league. Who could? And I did that with the Eagles. Who on the Eagles back when the the um the Forty Niners were? Who on the Eagles could play for the Forty ers I look at AEW. Who in AEW could wrestle in the WWE and like get make a mark? And there's like I can count on one hand: <laughs> Starks, Hobbs, Takeshita. If he had a manager, um, a Heyman type, can definitely get over. I know Lethal could, um, and Mark Briscoe to a lesser extent, because the guy can work and he can talk and he's got something that fans would gravitate towards. There is no one else in AEW that can would even sniff WWE. And that includes, I don't care how popular Daniel Garcia is, and he's not popular as dance is, or how many wins in a row you give Orange Cassidy. That guy, if you yeah, I'm not gonna get but those are that's the opposite in wrestling. In in AEW at least. In hey, WWE God. I was just gonna say, don't worry, they hired a boss this week. Yeah. The and the problem with WWE is the opposite. They have too many stars, too many yeah. people that can draw, can draw your ratings. Can if you just put them, I'm going to LA Knight's going to be on a house show in the main event. People are going to show up, yeah. and he's not even in the. You look at the, your your four biggest stars right now: Roman, Cody, Punk, Seth, but yet. Orton, Drew McIntyre, like I said, LA Knight, um, Gunther, guys that are stars and get and they're not even in in their in their own main events. They're on TV every week, but you know, those guys are unequivocal stars. AEW has none of that. I mean, we're here's your test, AEW. I mean you, Tony. You have Mercedes Bonet. 
So, uh, try to do, try your best. (laughs) They're not, Dan is not gone. They had, they had edge. Spoon fed. You had Mark Briscoe right after the death of his brother. They don't know how to do it. Trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Do anything with all the big stars they get there. The one big star, the biggest star they had. Two of the biggest stars they had. One came with the company. One helped open it. You drove him off. Now he's the biggest star in the other company. The other big star wanted to come to you. Came to Chicago. Opening night. Sold the place out. The ratings you got for that show, you still haven't come close to. You drove him out. You didn't even want to do business with him. He said, I can sit down with everybody that I have a problem with. We can hash this out. No, I don't want to do that. I don't feel safe. We'll never meet with them. Yeah. I'll have my lawyers contact you and say, don't contact my client anymore. Peace. How can you not like the Young Bucks with the current characters they're playing? Because they're cunts. Exactly. There, I said it. You wouldn't say that to their faces. Yes, I would. I weigh both more than both of them. There, there is nothing about the tampon gang that scares anyone. And if they Sorry. really wanted to do it right, they could have played that evil, evil EVP shit up once, you know, the, there was problems with one right after the fight with Punk, the initial fight. But um, that's <laughs> they're going to mess up. More. I'm not you. You have hope for them. I'm no, no, I sh- don't have hope. I want them okay. to prove me wrong. I love that because yeah, they have Mercedes Monet, and I was really looking forward to seeing her come out to Royal Rumble. But because she didn't, I said, okay, well, she's going to AEW. And at this point, any wrestler going to AEW must go because they know they'll have the freedom they won't have in WWE. Sure. Uh, Adam yeah. Copeland. Adam, um, Edge was on, I keep wanting to say Regis and, and Kelly. Kelly and Mark. But he was on that show. He was promoting uh, Percy Jackson on Disney, which, by the way, AEW did absolutely nothing to promote on their show. You have your one of your stars on a nationally on the highest rated morning TV show in America, and you don't promote it at all. That's like late nineties WCW shit. Yeah, that's like Goldberg being in the. Uh, 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 showing up with Mark McGuire and nobody taking any film of it. Yeah. Him rubbing the bat on Goldberg and then he hit 70 home runs. Or when they they said Goldberg couldn't appear on ER, which was the number one show on television at the time. Incredibly stupid. Um, And so many other missteps that they had that they couldn't. So they not only did they not. Oh, DX is at the door. Don't let him in. Don't let him in. Yeah. Yeah. Let him in. So then they'll be, they're on your, then you're, they're on your TV. So you'll get the ratings, but uh, no. So um, I don't expect them to do um, anything with, with uh, Mercedes Monet because they don't even do anything with the, with the talent that they have. They need even, and even when, when edge was on, uh, Kelly, uh, they asked him about Percy Jackson, of course, and about his career. He didn't say anything about AEW. Didn't didn't plug an upcoming match. Didn't say I'm good. You can find me Wednesdays 
eight o'clock on TV, nothing. So I don't have any hope that they'll do anything with Mercedes Monet. No, they, they uh, for all the Page Ruby Riot, um, Tony Storm is finally getting some type of, but I mean, Tara, they're, now they're they're jobbing out Tyra Valkyrie, Tyra Valkyrie, every week. Um, yeah, and they've already fumbled enough uh, former WWE stars, so I don't see this. Um, but I'd like, I'd love for you to be proven wrong, Dan. Really would. Yeah, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Flyers have been proving me wrong all year. I'm happier than a pig and <laughs> shit. Um, uh, let, let me fire you up a little more. Yes. Um, Sting and Darby Allen are tag team champions. And as the biggest Sting mark in the five county area, <laughs> nobody's out of here. Sting. Uh, why? Uh, so the Young Bucks can stick their noses in and e- either A, uh, win the tag team championship. Um, so to further cast him as heels by beating Sting in his retirement match, or B, putting themselves in the main event, losing to Sting, and then having Sting retire as one half of the World Tag Team Champions, so you can have yet another tournament. And guess who will win that? The young fucks. Exactly. So, yeah, this is all the the young fucks inserting themselves. And you could say Sting wanted to work with the young bucks. Fine. You could do it any other place. But because they saw the one event they had all year that's already sold out was Sting's retirement match in Greensboro. They announced it months ago, months ago. And then the Young Bucks come out of nowhere and say, oh, we'll take it. So we have to have this phantom title switch with Ricky Starks and and Big Bill last week in order to make Sting's retirement match a title match. Even the way they set it up. Hey, would it be great if we were tag team champions, Sting? Oh, well, let's do it then. I mean, we don't don't have any history with Ricky Starks or Big Bill. We don't have any Mm -hmm. rivalry at all. We've never even wrestled them. So let's Make it a tag team championship match in a tornado match, of course. No disqualification. So we can do all the, the stupid shit that every AEW match always does. Go out the ring for minutes at a time, go through tables, chairs, fight through the crowd. I swear every match of theirs is the same. But yeah, this is just the young fucks in, inserting themselves. Like I said, it's either one or the other. They're going to win. And ruins things uh, last match so they can be get get over as huge heels, or they'll lose. The titles will be held up, and they'll have a yet another tournament, and the Bucks will come out on top. And then just to put a cherry on top of the angry Sunday, John Moxley made Dax tap out. Fuck. And then they leave FTR laying because that's what you do with the best tag team. On Earth, the tag team of the year is voted by both PWI and the Wrestling News. 
but you leave them laying. The, the the Ministry of Darkness or whatever left them laying in their feud, and now uh, Moxley and Claudio do it. And why there's a feud with them? Aren't they two babyface teams? I don't fucking know anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It makes no. But I don't. It it's all the I don't know. the young bucks hatred of the jealousy and the envy of FTR because why are you using FTR like that? If any team should go up against Sting in Greensboro for his last match, why not the guys from Greensboro who grew up as Sting fans? And like I said, with Arn or Tully in their corner, with Flair and Sting's corner, you have a mini horseman reunion. That's going to draw you some money. I mean, it's already sold out, but a crowd with FTR in Carolina. Hell, even the fucking Hardys against Sting and Darby would make more sense. But no, the Young Bucks had to be the Young Bucks. He picked the Young Bucks. Well, then tell him no. Yeah. Again, remember the bosses, because, you know, mm-hmm. apparently we're the only ones that know. In in name only. Yeah. And even, the, even that match last week with Sting and Darby when the young fucks came out and they bloodied them and everything. You know that Sting's sons were bigger than both young bucks? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. But nobody came out to help Sting. Wow. That's a kayfabe. Everybody turns on Sting. Remember that. And the one guy I want to turn on him because I hate him as an actual person, he won't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not allowed to mention that, though. Uh, Abusers are not in wrestling at all. Yeah. Uh, Dan, did you watch the press conference between uh, the featured The Rock and Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns? Oh, yes, I did. Seth Rollins. I wanted to begin this part of it by saying, Mm -hmm. um, you got bought hook, line, and sinker, folks. (laughs) Period. Whether it was, whether it was fixed in post, air quotes or not does not matter goes back to a few years ago when Xavier Woods made that comment about having to having too much to say Mm -hmm. way too fast and y'all turned on him well it was mostly white folks be real (laughs) be real Uh, that was my first ban on Facebook ever Wow, never forget your first. He needs us. We pay his salary. He's got PhD. He doesn't need you, crackers. <laughs> You're banned. What? It's a, okay. Um, but you got you got worked. Yeah. And I know you don't like getting worked, but that's the whole point. It's to be worked. Yeah. I love it personally when I, something happens that I'm not thinking about or not predicting. Like when Jordan Grace came out at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and I legitimately screamed, "What? <laughs> you know, what? What? Yeah!" <laughs> legitimately, just screamed, "What?" And just sat there with a smile because mm-hmm. it was wonderful, and she'll be used again because she's friggin' incredible. Um, we'll talk about TNA in a second. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, <laughs> they drove the Rock's daughter, uh, and I'm talking about them, the IWC, because uh, you know I have a life, and I don't threaten the Rock's daughter mm-hmm. like you all did, and drove her off Twitter because she's the Rock's daughter. Yeah, that <laughs> I can't believe I said the words. Drove the Rock's daughter off Twitter. I always bring up uh, Kelly Marie Tran mm-hmm. um, for the Last Jedi. Yeah. Like I get, uh, no, I don't get that you were that angry at her, and I don't get why you had to threaten her livelihood and her life and her safety a thousand times so she left social media. I don't understand it. But that was the person connected to the movie. I don't understand it. That doesn't make sense. And you're all knucking futz over it. (laughs) But Ava wasn't even involved. Yeah. And you drove her off of social media and scared this poor woman because you were mad at a TV show. Yeah. A TV. A TV show. <laughs> That's what you were mad at. You pieces of goddamn shit. I would I would wish bad things upon you, but then I'd get banned from all the so yeah, then who would I yell at? Um but lo and behold. They took us on a little ride, took us right into that press conference, had an amazing segment, and we're on the road. Eric, cliche the hell out of it. We're on the road to WrestleMania in Philadelphia, two nights, mm-hmm. and you and and you couldn't sit there and wait a week for it to flesh out. For Christ's sake, it was five more days. <laughs> I don't get it anymore. I almost texted you guys to say I quit. Mm-hmm. I wasn't upset. Like, how dare they do? I mean, I was like, how dare they chase that? She didn't do anything. But I was like, you know what? I give up. I don't care. You just can't watch watch this unfolding. I, Sean Ross Sapp gets a lot of crap from terrible fucking marks on Twitter. Bars. Huh? Bars. Sean Ross Sapp gets a lot of crap. Bars. Oh, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Thank you. <laughs> I was on such a rant. I was like, fuck you talking about funny guy. Um, But he's one of the last legit journalists that actually does journalism mm-hmm. that I've ever seen that I see on online anymore. Uh, and Kate, I'm, I'm I'm forgetting her screen name, but Kate, who also works at Fightful, is amazing. She does co- uh, commentary for um, Excite Wrestling, where our friend Foxy wrestles. And to watch him fight with these folks all the time, because they're morons, mm-hmm. is entertaining, but I don't understand it. And I don't understand why we can't 
you know, to connect it to Sean Ross Sapp, who will give you the information. Very matter of factly, it's out there. He was what everybody still thinks Dave is now. Yeah. And he's not. Which is legit and actually has an ear. Two people who are giving him the, like, what's going on. Right. Um, and she, he also had the first interview with Jordan Grace after the Rumble, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. If anybody's out there who wants to see that, great. A nice companion piece to the video TNA put out with WWE footage. I know it's crazy. You get rid of a tyrant and things open. <laughs> um, but to watch people, he doesn't give anything away like that. Mm-hmm. So it still amazes me in 2024 that I need to know right now what's going on. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's not a. <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, it ain't that serious. (laughs) But also in the grand scheme of things, it ain't that serious. Yeah. Apply that to both sides. So if we didn't do it that way, we would have had that fantastic 22, damn near half hour segment that had over a million views with uh, before the next day was over. Yeah. You want to talk about ratings? Yeah. So. It was fantastic. My only anger towards that whole thing is, is they really did Bailey over bad. Yeah. You had this main, you had this big moment coming for her that you guys teased the last episode that I was like, they won't do it that soon. <laughs> Whoops. And, uh, and they did. And it went off amazingly. Mm-hmm. Even I, and I was behind it. I'm like, all right, cool. That was good. Nothing. I don't think she's even on the poster. That's what I you're angry about the rock getting involved in a storyline. I'm angry about an actual company not promoting her. That's the fucking why. Yeah, not not promoting their women's Royal Rumble winner. The men's Royal Rumble winner is getting a lot of press, but the women's Royal Rumble winner and and deserved. But so is the other one. Yeah. I don't yeah, and that's my only takeaway from that. No, and it's and it's a it's a solid one. It's a it's a clear oversight because it's all about Aria. Well, this next pay per view in Elimination Chamber, um, which Bailey is, for, to my knowledge, is not even a part of, but it's all about Rhea and um, in her home country uh, against Nia and the winner of the Elimination Tournament, which uh, my money's on Becky, uh, since they were the only ones that were. Um, she was at the press conference as well, along with. Um, 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 yeah, uh, Bianca, Bianca, yeah. Uh, but there are those are the only three women that were there uh, at the press conference. Uh, but no Bailey, the winner of the women's of the women's rumble wasn't there. I I, I did like Rhea going, yeah, boo, yeah, yeah, just get booed, yeah, boo. <laughs> uh, but it's clear that that uh, Rhea is the uh, one going, obviously the one, the most popular woman in the company. That even though she's in a heel group, um, but she's she's the money, um, and Bailey going over in WrestleMania makes the most sense, and I'm sure she will. But still, I certainly um, hope so. Yeah, I, there's, I mean, but there's no reason not to, um, especially with uh, 
with the long-awaited face turn by Bailey that we've been waiting for going on six years now. So yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. To yeah. me, it just it still is just a new thing. I I loved her and I love her. Well, I I love Bailey. I, and me too. Yeah. Uh, uh, professionally and nice. Yeah, um. Yes. Please, please thank you. Keep that. Keep dressing, please. That way. Um. And I. I'd be okay with either one of them winning, but I, Bailey's my girl. I, I, I want her to win this time. I want her to have a WrestleMania uh, winning moment. Again. I especially yeah. want it in Philly. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Uh, uh, selfishly. Yeah. Yeah. Just wrestling. Even if WrestleMania was in Guam, I want her to win the title of WrestleMania. She oh, sure. But I'm saying. Yeah. yeah having it. Bonus. Philly. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. I would like that, too. Um, the, the other big thing that happened <laughs> that is serious that we have to take serious um is yeah <laughs> we, an, though well it's an an i don't want to say i hate to use the word another but uh mm-hmm. in this case uh we have to and in this case really um because of the person involved it's sad and tragic but depending on who you ask not all that surprising. Surprising, yeah. Uh, Billy Jack Haynes <laughs> has been accused, uh, charged with the murder of his wife. Um, she had been held uh, hostage for I think nine hours. Um, police, he held off police. Police were called multiple times to the residence that he had, still has in Portland. And he's been charged with the murder of his wife. And um, the internet is filled with Billy Jack is a nut stories. If you just go on YouTube and just. Oh, yeah. Everyone from Dutch Mantel to Barry Horowitz has a story about when Billy Jack did something or said something or was um uh a nut and he was it was mentioned briefly on on our favorite radio show Preston and Steve but of course they both said well I never heard of him and he he couldn't have been that big because he wasn't the WWF um and if you were in that camp too HIAC talk radio listeners I can tell you as a historian Billy Jack Haynes was a big deal um thanks to the you ad- texted him and and told him right Yes. Okay. Thank yeah. you. I um, could just see, I could see the text coming in in my head. Yeah. From you to him. Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, he was <laughs> a big deal. About? I, and I know by the um where we are now, and it's all about branding. If uh, you think wrestling, you think WWE, and even now, I mean the, the Kurt Angle story when Kurt Angle ran to a fan that he. Thought I, I thought you retired, but he had been wrestling in TNA for five years. Yeah. But because everyone just knows WWE, and they thought, well, if Billy Jack Haynes wasn't in WWE, and he was for a year, then he must not have been that big a deal. Uh, he was. Uh, Billy Jack Haynes, when he broke in in uh, 1983 in Portland under Don Owen, he was the West Coast Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hogan had just 
the start of uh, Hulkamania and wrestling taking off to be the most popular sport in the world in 84. Uh, just wrestling all over the globe was um, taking off and with the advent of cable television. Well, in Portland, um, Portland wrestling wasn't seen so much on cable TV, not as much as, you know, the Superstation was and uh, championship wrestling for Florida and, you know, Georgia and the Mid-Atlantic. Um, but the after magazines, um, yeah, he was the West Coast, like, like I said, Hulk Hogan. He came to the ring, uh, he dressed as you know, from the popular movie Billy Jack, uh, where the hat, where the denim jacket had came into the theme song. Uh, Billy Jack Kids was a very popular movie in the 70s, um, and it was the theme song of the top 40 hit, uh, the Ode to, Ode to Billy Jack, Tom Laughlin. Um, played the title role and still has one of my favorite lines of all time. And I'm going to say it for you now. Um, and Tom Laughlin himself, God rest his soul, said even every day of his life, people came up to him and quoted this line to him. And I'm going to do it for you now. This, so, Dan, you know what I'm going to do just for the hell of it? I'm going to take this right foot and I'm going to hit you on that side of your face. And you know what else? There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Alice <laughs> from Billy Jack. And um and so with Billy Jack, the wrestler, massive forearms. Like he was the fucking Popeye. Just and he looked yeah, great. He yeah, dark hair, he had the beard, manicured, just amazing. So much and uh attention from the after magazines came from him that Dusty contacted him, brought him, bring him down to Florida. And his first publicity shots, um, just showing him, showing off his muscles with two models, one of them was Nancy Benoit. And that was her first role in wrestling, was to be, um, stand alongside Billy Jack. And when Billy Jack got the cover of Pro Wrestling USA, that was the first time me and most of the nation had seen him. Um, because he was wrestling in Florida under, under Dusty, and Dusty took him uh, to after he brought the Crockett. Um, he took him and Manny Fernandez and Magnum to uh, to Crockett with him, and uh, that caught the eye of Vince. And they put Vince McMahon put Billy Jack on the cover of the WWF magazine, had him shooting vignettes in 1984, and he never even wrestled there. He wound up not coming in at all. Uh, um, and that will be a theme of Billy Jack's career. He would go to world class. Uh, Carrie Von Erich was supposed to be in a movie, supposed to be cast in a movie. So they brought Billy Jack Haynes in to take his place to be the muscular, to be the muscle baby face. Didn't pass him off as a Von Erich, but he was Billy Jack. His father had died, so he on to honor him, he changed his name to Billy Haynes, which was akin to John Cougar changing his name to John Mellencamp. Camp. <laughs> it didn't fit, and people didn't know who he was. They knew Billy Jack, but they didn't know who the hell Billy Haynes was. So he adopted the Billy Jack Haynes. Still had the hat and everything. But Carrie wound up not getting the movie uh, that he had tried out for. That role went to Dolph Lundgren. 
Um, so in Rocky Four. So uh, thank God. Yeah. So Carrie's back, and then that's when Billy Jack Haynes leaves as well, and that's when he goes to the WWF and uh, reunites with his uh, Florida enemy uh, Hercules, and they have a feud, culminating in WrestleMania three. But Billy Jack would go from territory to territory when something happened that he didn't like or someone he didn't like, he'd leave. Um, setting the precedence for who he was. Um, just a guy that um, could come unhinged very easily. If you look on YouTube, the stories that you hear from a Dutch Mantel or Barry Horowitz, somebody wanted to play a rib on Billy Jack when he was in the WWF. Not a great idea. And that's what they said. No, I don't think you should do it because uh, one of the things that Billy Jack did talk about when he wrestled about his uh, time in jail, he uh, he punched a man and uh, blinded him in one eye. And he went to jail for that. So he always had a temper. Uh, Jim Cornette mentioned that he had a, a limp handshake uh, only because he didn't want to squeeze. He didn't because he didn't want to hurt anyone. So his handshake was very was very feeble. But um, the amount of times that he wasn't um, that he would fly up the handle of something or he would leave a territory and then go someplace else. You might remember his time in WCW, Dan, it's bad blood where he had the, uh, the mask on and the giant ax and uh, also took one of the most horrific bumps I've ever seen. He fell out of the ring and landed face first. Um, on the concrete. This is back when Bill Watts was in charge, and he took away the uh, the the pretty blue mats, as he called it, because in uh, WCW we were real men, and we don't, you know. So when people went out and took bumps on the uh, concrete, guess what? They got hurt a lot. Um, you don't have to read that yet. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, so Billy Jack was, and when he went back to Portland after all of his wells had dried up, you know, in WC, in WCW, in the NWA, in the WWF, uh, he let out. He came back to Portland as a hero because obviously he made his big, he made his name there, and Don Owens loved him, and the fans still loved him. But after a match where he beat a uh, a heel. He starts yelling at the fans that none of you came to my gym. I opened up a gym right down the street from here, and none of you ingrates came. Don't cheer me. You guys are all full of shit. And this is on not national television, but local Portland TV. He just turns on the fans for not going to his gym. <laughs> and it was, I, I believe it's still on YouTube, but if you ever see it, it's the most remarkable thing. <laughs> you've ever seen he comes back to Portland and after that he leaves and he tries to, to set up another, another wrestling organization to compete with Don Owens and that falls flat but um yeah nobody fans, came to your wrestling shows either yeah because they didn't they, they and they said you turned on me so yeah because they're saying we're full of shit but it was one of the most <laughs> remarkable things I'd ever seen because I'd heard about it and I tried to get this back when tape trading was still a thing. 
I tried to get a uh, a copy of it, but uh, it finally showed up on YouTube, and yeah, it was just. But it it my I, my point to all this long Billy Jack Haynes bio is that the man wasn't altogether there. No, somebody. Uh, One would argue, not, still not. Yeah, but and the thing is, when you, you talk about in there and professional wrestling, folks, Dan H.I.A. to talk radio, it's filled with head cases. What? Yes, people that aren't all together there. Um, And we can go up and down. I'm not going to list them because you know, and some of them are still in professional wrestling. But when we say a guy is a head case, we we don't mean, oh, I could see him killing his wife one day. That's never where. And with Billy Jack Haynes, though. Yeah, uh, (laughs) maybe. That's something that wasn't so... I mean, put it in context, Sid was a head case. He'd be the most popular wrestler in the most popular company on earth when he'd leave to play softball. He only stabbed a man with the scissors. It's fine. Yes. And got his ass beat by Mike Graham, who had a squeegee. Um, Yeah, but again, we don't see that as him as someone. Oh, yeah, I can see him committing murder. He also got his ass kicked by his left leg. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it came up to greet him. Yeah, um, he shoved it up his own ass. Yeah. Or someone like Bruiser Bedlam, who was who would ride, you know, in twenty degree weather, you know, in in flip flops and uh, and no shirt, uh, to Tennessee. Who drive from from Canada to Tennessee to wrestle one match and, and wearing next to nothing. Um, but uh, Thank again, you for that image, I appreciate it. You can, that's all for you. Thank but you. Billy Jack Haynes, and if you look at his final uh, shoot interviews where he had this page boy haircut, like a Beatles haircut, and it was all gray. He was missing his teeth. And he would say the most outrageous things like um, Vince McMahon had Chris Benoit killed and um, just uh, real just out there. Well, I mean, let's uh, not get hasty with the Vince McMahon mm-hmm. thing, okay? Yeah. But um yeah, I and again, I'm not encouraging anyone to 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 look at his stuff and say, "See how crazy he is?" and just I'm not trying to reinforce that. I'm just saying No, don't do that. Um there's there's plenty of uh evidence. And the thing is, if he had stayed in one company, um I don't know the success that Billy Jack Haynes would have had. He, I obviously could have made a great living in wrestling because in the eighties is all you had to be was big. He had it all. He had the look, he had the charisma. He didn't have the promo, but he didn't need it. Uh, you can check out. He did a one. He had a one hour draw with Ric Flair in the Pacific Northwest under Don Owen right before he got his, his big break. But uh, Flair had, he had high praise for him because he he wrestled a lot like Harry. Um, and it's a shame that they were both so similar, um, and that they couldn't be depended upon to um uh, to be uh straight. But um, Billy Jack Haynes possibly going to jail for the rest of his life for murder. I can't say he's a what if because um, like I said I don't know how successful he would have been had he stayed in a territory, but when he came to a territory, he was automatically a top guy. 
So he could have gone the way of a guy going from territory to territory, getting better, getting better, and going to main event in the in the W like someone like a Paul Orndorff or a Rick Rude that just went from territory to territory getting better and to the point where you're a top guy and then you can go anywhere and still be a top guy. But um yeah. Well, he's gonna be top guy on that courtroom. Or maybe a bottom. Maybe bottom in prison. You never know. Yeah, you can't really bottom. fight him off anymore. Yeah. Do you have any Billy Jack Haynes memories, Dan? Or not any? a goddamn one. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Jack Haynes was one of those guys where I've seen, uh, you know, matches of in the past. Goddamn camera, uh, matches of in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also always a name I saw in the magazines. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I don't think I've ever seen a match live, and I've never seen it him live. It mm-hmm. live, real nice. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> hell of a story. <laughs> I just remember I sent that to you a couple days ago to, to the group, and I just remember before I sent it, I did like a triple take going. What? Yeah. What the? Because in my head, I was like, oh, Billy Jack Haynes died. I know who that was. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, boy. Oh, this gets worse yeah. and worse. As you... Yeah. Yeah. Well. Thanks, but, Billy Jack. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, even though he didn't wrestle in the WWE for long, uh, he was a big deal. Um, oh yeah, in the in the, in the territories and um, and for good reason. Um, his um, his body his body period. He he came or he came along at the right time. He had the right body at the right time. I like I said, he was a West Coast Hulk Hogan, um, and because he was so big in Portland, uh, without with it, no TV exposure or no national cable outlet at all, just word of mouth re- reached all the way from Oregon to Florida and Dusty wanted them. And as soon as Dusty wanted them, that's when Vince wanted them. Again, because he had the body. He he looked incredible. Um, but yeah, uh, demons are, are something. And I don't you know even know what it is or was. Oh, God only knows. Drug, CT, I don't know. But yeah, both column A and column B. News of the day we had to, but we had to share because that's what Man. we do here at HIE to talk radio. When news breaks, we fix it. Is that daily? You mentioned the past. Dan? I mentioned the past. Yeah. Well, um, as luck would have it, we've been talking about the past. When I mentioned the um, the uh murder the alleged murder of uh, Billy Jack Haynes' wife and we talked about the past of Billy Jack one of the reasons that we talked about the past of Billy Jack because that was the only good thing that you could talk about Billy Jack was the past so we're going to go back there back when cable TV could determine a wrestler's path or success when it was everywhere on every channel and wrestling was on in all 50 states selling out arenas just from word of mouth and high school gymnasiums and coliseums and even stadiums. And when there was a death, it made the news, not just locally, but nationally. And here we're going to discuss that in this particular week in professional Uh-oh. wrestling. This is a wrestling historian. Um, this week in wrestling is a is a tough one because it was 40 years ago this week, and it's hard to believe 
it was um, 40 years ago. But February 10th, 1984, um, some will argue or some can still say it's a date that changed wrestling forever because, and when I mentioned a what if, uh, when I discussed earlier in the podcast about Billy Jack Haynes, maybe the biggest what if came on February 10th, 1984, when word uh, got out and when the news broke about the death of David Von Erich. Uh, hard to believe it's been 40 years, even with the success of uh, the movie Iron Claw, which I've seen three times. Uh, David's death still um, resonates. Um, still one of the big what-ifs in professional wrestling history. How it changed professional wrestling forever. Um, the news was broadcast to me. I found out about it through Vince McMahon. Because it was talked about, it was mentioned on a WWF television show. Saturday afternoon, before the matches started, Miss McMahon told a WWF crowd, this is during the beginnings of Hulk-a-mania. Hulk Hogan was our WWF champion. But he mentioned that David Von Erich had passed. And this was mentioned on the AWA, mentioned in Georgia Championship Wrestling, Florida Championship Wrestling. Uh, in Tennessee, every wrestling organization mentioned the death of David Von Erich, even the territory that David never set foot in. Because that's how big it was that this young man uh, in his prime uh, was taken from us. Uh, not And not only wasn't it in, he was, he died in Japan. It wasn't even here. Yeah. Um, and he had never, he hadn't wrestled, uh, he was going to spend a week in Japan and come back to the state. He hadn't wrestled one match yet. And it was worse in world class where they taped their matches in advance. So on the same show that David Mercer, I'm sorry, that Bill Mercer announced that David Von Erich had died, they showed one of the matches they were having that week was would happen to be David Von Erich's last match ever. Uh, they get wrestled uh, on February February sixth uh, in Fort Worth uh, against Buddy Roberts. Um, so they had the unenviable task of saying that this was, that David had died while promoting what was going with what they did know was David's last match ever. Um, yeah, Jeez. Uh, the the testimonials came out. Um, one of the most powerful being a Harley Race, who said that he didn't have any doubt in his mind that David Von Erich would have been an NWA champion. Um, obviously, the the plan was going forward. Um, the the Texas Stadium show in May was already booked. That was going to be. David's uh, match against Ric Flair. David had already pinned Flair that Christmas, the previous Christmas, December 25th, 1983. He was going to come back for after his week in Japan and have a series of matches with David um, in January. I'm sorry, um, uh, late February, setting up the May Texas Stadium clash. Had 
David lived with Texas Stadium had 45,000 fans there, maybe. But because he passed and Carrie would wrestle in honor of David, they would set the then uh, attendance record for the largest crowd to ever win as a professional wrestling match in the United States on May 6th of that year, 1984, 44,311 people, about 45,000 total. But that was the largest crowd ever to see a professional wrestling match, and that was in honor of David Von Erich. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that one. Yeah, and you, you thought, know, what, you know, we kind of went over that with the the, the with Iron that, Claw with, with just, Yeah, we, you know, that, yeah, yeah. It's been for it's just hard to believe it's been forty years, and uh, we don't know how it's been forty years, and most people didn't know about it twenty years ago. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase that: a shocking number of people did not know about it twenty years ago. It's kind of oh. Yeah. Where have you been? Uh, had David lived, would he? I mean, obviously would have been NWA champion. What kind of champion he would have been? Well, we don't know. Um, would the WWF have expanded into world class had David lived? He'd always had a good relationship with uh, with Vince Senior. He'd wrestled in Madison Square Garden. Um, would some of the other brothers? even can contemplated taking their own lives if he was alive. Yeah. Like it changes so many things. It, so many implications of him surviving. Yeah. You know, um, world class still would have been viable had David stayed with us. Um, like you said, Dan, there wouldn't have been so many binaries trying to live up to David. Had he still been there, maybe Mike Chris would not have been in wrestling at all. I shouldn't say that. Mike had already started wrestling before David died. That was the one thing the movie over. Chris wouldn't have had to been forced Chris to do it. Chris wouldn't have had to done a damn thing if nope. uh, David was uh, still. He definitely wouldn't have been pressed into duty. Um, World class may still have been viable, and maybe they wouldn't have, have lost as many people as they did. I can't speak for Gino Hernandez. Um, or Chris Adams, because they had demons that go well beyond the curse of the Von Erics, quote unquote. Yeah. But um, David uh, staying would would have affected not just the world class, would have affected the NWA if they still had been um, in. Would they still have stayed in the NWA? Um, and how would that affect the Dusty's booking? Would they have brought the Von Erics into the Mid Atlantic, into Georgia? Back into Florida when they were heels, how would that have worked? Would world class have extended their uh, expansion? They were in more syndicated areas than the WWF was. Would they have tried to run matches in New York, in Philadelphia, under the world class banner? I'd like to think so. Yeah, yeah. It changes. It changes the that changes wrestling history and in, in in personal and business wise. Yeah. So that's why I had to include this date in wrestling history, only because it had been forty years. It's been forty years, and it's hard. We're all so old. Yeah. <laughs> um. Da, 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 da. February twelfth, nineteen eighty-five, Poughkeepsie, New York, TV taping. Um, managing, not only Greg Valentine, 
but making his WWF debut February 12, 1985 in Poughkeepsie in the TV taping would be Jim Neidhart and, <laughs> his, and his new manager making his WWF debut. Man, it would also change the course of wrestling in the WWF, uh, but manager Jimmy Hart made his WWF debut February 12, 1985. Jimmy Hart almost, uh, permeates my wife's and I lives almost daily. <laughs> Why is because that? Because when we hear, and you can elaborate on this um, after I say, because you're, you're going to know exactly where I'm going with this. Whenever we hear a commercial with a knockoff song, Kelly will almost immediately, and it's funny every time because of her timing, will say, well, somebody gave Jimmy Hart a call and changed that song up, didn't they? <laughs> because Jimmy Hart, if you don't know, folks, Jimmy Hart was the king of taking a popular song and changing it just enough Tweak it. to be to be A, recognized, and B, used on national television without getting sued for wrestling themes, i.e. Raven had a rewrite of uh, uh, Come As You Are. Mm -hmm. uh, DDP had a rewrite of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, the man was a legitimate musician. Yeah. He was in the band called The Gentries. He's they got were, a gold record. He's got a gold record, his own. Mm -hmm. And he wrote most of the songs in WCW has his name on it. Mm -hmm. Whether they were good or not is not a discussion. His name was getting money. Yep. The man, well, uh, 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 without even talk about uh, what a manager he was. Mm -mm. You know, I mean, he took Hulk Hogan um, on and off almost to, up to the very end of his career. Mm -hmm. Um, Jimmy had his hands in everything, yeah. including booking. He tried to open up. Oh uh, God, what was it? XWF with yeah. Hulk. Uh, with Hulk, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, or unfortunately, that didn't go through. Uh, but yeah, Ooh, dodge a bullet there. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Hart is a goddamn legend. Yeah. I swear. And it was when they were in town, so I don't know if it was or not. But I swear. I made eye contact with Jimmy Hart at a shop right in Marlton once. Wow. I swear. Okay. I, I'm not. Because if it wasn't Jimmy, <laughs> then some dude in the early 2000s, late 90s in Camden and Burlington County, New Jersey, modeled their entire look after Jimmy Hart. Right after Jimmy Hart. <laughs> Down to the hair, the face. Facial hair, glasses. It was goddamn Jimmy Hart. And he was waiting for some. I'll never forget this because I'm like, I think that's Jimmy. And I, I look at him and I'm, and of course, he probably sees this dude staring at him because I'm like. Is that Jimmy Hart? And then I turn and look away and I turn back around. Fucker is gone. And I was sober as a judge that day. Oh. Um, well, I was not old enough to drink, and I didn't <laughs> drink underage, as far as you know. Um, and he was waiting for somebody standing right before the exit with, with a bag. I made we made eye contact, and he kind of 
as I turned to look away to go, hey, wait a second, I'm gonna be right back. He fucker was out the door. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Damn. So I'm like, was that Jimmy? Was Jimmy at the random ass shop right in New Jersey? I like to think so. <laughs> and now him and uh, douchebag McFuck uh, run a restaurant in uh, Florida. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's not his fault. Nope. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I ran into uh, Teller from Penn and Teller at the Rite Aid in. Right down the street from here in 19th and Chestnut in Philly. Yeah. Oh, so don't dox yourself. No. <laughs> yeah. And today's his birthday. That's what made me think of that. But I just, oh, I, that's cool. I only make eye kind of just turn around where, you know, we're coming around the aisle and he you almost run into somebody and I looked up and it's like, are you teller? Because yes. And he walked. I, I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. It was teller. He's, he's from Philadelphia. Yes, he is. Yeah. So that, we, that one. That one yeah. I believe. Me, I'm not <laughs> sure it was Jimmy. But I swear it was, I am 98.7% sure that, that was Jimmy goddamn Hart standing there in a shop right in Marlton. I'm just shopping for groceries while I'm in town, baby. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. But yes, if you ever heard a theme song that kind of sounded like that song you liked, it was Jimmy. It was Jimmy. It was Jimmy. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, he's he was a master. He he is a musical genius. I mean, again, talented, and not even talk about his managing, uh, because he's managed everyone. Um, worth noting, anyone who any heel that came through Memphis for any amount of time, Jimmy Hart managed, starting with Hulk Hogan in '81, but before Ken Patera, Jason Ventura, Rick Rude, King Kong Bundy, Randy Savage. Uh, oh, I forget he was with Randy for at first. Yeah, yeah. Um, he managed both Papos, uh, actually. Um, but, um, oh God, uh, Bobby Eden, Condry, uh, Coco Ware, when he was a heel, when he was good, before he was a clown, um, the, the PYTs, um, so many, like, again, uh, you love him or hate him, but, uh, Jim Cornette, uh, learned at the feet of, of Jimmy Hart. And Jimmy Hart is still in my top five uh, greatest managers of all time. Not the loud jacket wearing megaphone guy, which was all Vince's idea, by the way. But yeah, that was later on, folks. Yeah, that was the the cartoon um, version of Jimmy Hart, where everyone, <laughs> why everyone had to be a uh, cartoon. But Jimmy Hart in Memphis, that Jimmy Hart, uh, one of the best talkers of all time and um, can get anyone over. No matter who you put him with, he's going to get you over because the, the guy could talk people into the seats. Uh, but he well, made when it. when at, when you're Vince McMahon and you're shitting on somebody, you got to shit on everyone else too. Got on bump. But he made fuck it. You, Vince. His yes, fuck you, Vince. Uh, he made it. Sorry, but Jimmy yeah. Hart made his man WWF managerial debut February twelfth, nineteen eighty five. Uh, these next two things that happened uh, tomorrow in history, but because they're so significant, we're going to talk about it now. February 15th, 1986, was the Saturday night's main event taping uh, that took place. Um, not only was it the Mr. T, Bob Orton, boxing, Bob Orton, boxing match. Um, this was a setup to WrestleMania 2, and this was the um, uh, tag team match. Uh, one of them was the um, Beefcake, uh, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine were the 
tag team champions and they were ducking the British Bulldogs. I forget who they wrestled that night, but the important thing, but what I remember from that night was that before Jimmy Hart got his hands on the uh, recording, the entrance music of the WWF before you could get sued for such a thing, on Saturday night's main event, February 15th, 1986, uh, the WWF Tag Team Champions Brutus B. Cake and Greg Valentine came to the ring to the song We Are the Champions by Queen. That's what I remember. Wow. In this particular night. Um, and uh, that was the night that uh, Hogan wrestled uh, Da Morocco and Jesse Ventura on commentary. When uh, Morocco would do that, uh, the the heel move, the, uh, the finger scraping across the back, and Jesse said, "Morocco trying to rip that suntan off of Hogan." <laughs> uh, that would in uh, match would end because of interference by uh, King Kong Bundy, who would splash Hogan multiple times in the corner, where Hogan Good. was stretchered out. Good, and that would set up the WrestleMania two cage match between Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy. Um, and, um, no, uh, that it was taped that night, February 15th. Um, they get aired, uh, two weeks later and I'll have the numbers for you, which are probably in the high eight or nines, uh, for that. But that was February 15th, 1986. And tomorrow, February 15th, as we're taping this February 15th, 2004, like I said before, uh, earlier in the historian, it was 40 years ago and something significant happened. 20 years ago, this significant match happened, February 15th, 2004. No way out pay-per-view. Brock Lesnar would lose his WWE Heavyweight Championship. There was only one at the time, but he would lose that title to Eddie Guerrero. 20 years ago this week. <sighs> yeah, god damn it. Great night. Um amazing crowd, incredible hot crowd. Um yeah, and he's, it's so hot that now you forget about the interference of Goldberg uh in that match uh because the uh the pop for Eddie winning uh in front of his family, his mom um in the front row. Uh absolutely amazing, but 20 years ago this week Eddie Guerrero with his first and sadly only World Heavyweight Championship, but still one of the most memorable victories uh, in professional wrestling and certainly one of my favorite memories. But uh, 20 years ago, Eddie uh, was the king. He is the king. He is the king. In death, still the king. In so, death, there's very few that are that good. No. And that, that good a heel, that good a face, that good a promo. Uh, that good a wrestler, um, honestly, could could do it all. And there's um, never going to be uh, another like him. Um, and I could see it. You know, you could see it in some folks. You could see it I, in, in Andrade, not in the promo, but I can definitely see it in Dom. Um, that That's someone that could transcend the... Uh, the game who could be a great heel, a great face. He can work his ass off and just looks, you know, looks good doing it. Everything he did, look, it was just fantastic. Yeah. 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 It's where I think the last time we talked, um, uh, 
two weeks ago, we talked about the debut of the Radicals and uh, his debut in the WWF. And man, what a ride he was on. Something I never thought I'd see. Having watched Eddie in the ECW arenas and the National Guard armories during his comeback tour, uh, wrestling an unmasked Rey Mysterio and CM Punk in a triple threat match that would win match of the year on a couple of uh, publications. And how he lost everything and got it all back and just uh, absolutely unreal, an unreal story and uh, unreal athlete and an incredible nice guy. Um, when the times that I met him, the brief times I met him, um, just really cordial and friendly. Oh, he was, uh, again, I'll, I'll say it every time. If you've not watched Eddie Guerrero matches or if you've never seen Eddie Guerrero matches, do yourself the pleasure. Yeah. Um, please fall down that rabbit hole on YouTube. You will not regret it. Yeah. Start, start at the ECW and work your way around and up. Mm -hmm. I'm spilling. I'm pouring coffee on myself now, Eric. That's one of my favorite promos ever. It's such a, it's such a, there, there's a uh, time right before the LWO. Well, this is why the LWO formed mm -hmm. uh, the original. Um, notice I didn't say real, like some assholes on Twitter. Original. There's two LWOs. There's that one. And there's one currently running. It's this, <laughs> it's just as fine. Yeah. Um, and some would argue better looking. Um, uh, thank you. Um, but he has the he comes out randomly one night with his fanny pack on and dragging a suitcase and just work shoots Eric. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's just magnificent because every other sentence, Eric. Yeah, he would say his. He would say his word, you know, he would say his name because it it stemmed from a real argument backstage. Yeah. Eddie's basic argument was, is I'm better than this. Mm -hmm. I'm better than B card. Boy, wasn't that proven 14 times over. Yeah. Yeah. Should well, happen sooner, but you know, Eric Bischoff knows better. Yeah. Well, it's, it, you know, you look at the late WCW, it's like looking at AEW now, like they had these great stars um, that you could have gotten something out of, but because of the people that, the guy in charge was enamored with you never got to see, but once they left, uh, Eddie, Mick, Steve Austin, these guys imagine become, that, yeah, these guys become huge stars. Wow. Like in AEW, we had these guys and they left and they become huge stars, but because they're so enamored with getting guys from the other federation like WCW was. We're getting or we're getting WWF guys. We're gonna push them because they're the fans that they're the things that people know. Meanwhile, your homegrown talent who could wrestle circles around those guys who you should be pushing, we're not going to. So they'll leave and they'll become bigger stars than they ever were had they stayed. Same thing with AEW now. Cody, it's staying with AEW. There's no way. He would have been, and you saw how his last his last match in AEW was booed by the fans when he was trying to cut a promo. Now they're hanging on every word that Cody says. They're not even what in Cody. They what everyone else, but they 
wouldn't want Cody. Nobody would want Cody. Punk mm. had the same reaction AEW as he does in WWE because the fans love him. And if they didn't, fine. He can deal with it. The biggest star the AEW's ever had. And they run him off. So I'm looking at, I'm looking down the card and I'm looking at guys that are counting the days when their contracts are up. Because I guarantee you when Ricky starts, Starks has an opportunity to leave, he will go to the WWE and he'll be a bigger star than he ever was in AEW. I wish the same for Hobbs. Um, I wish the same for uh, uh These are guys that I can see that they could, like I said, the very beginning. This is called a, a callback. Those are the guys you see in AEW that can work in WWE. That's it. There's no one else in AEW that can work in WWE. And that's where I leave you. And that, gentlemen and ladies, was the wrestling historian. I I was letting you have that. I had no debate. I had nothing to debate on that one. I was letting <laughs> you have your moment. Thank Dan you. ranted earlier. He was letting Craig have his moment. <laughs> um, and I'm going to go downstairs and go sleep with the dogs. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like an insult. It's not. I'm going to have a good time. Uh, Craig, where can people follow you? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, X, if you so choose, Threads. And also on my Comic Book Gurus podcast Facebook page. But all of those and all the above, you can find it at Craig Legon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Me. Uh... Twitter, X, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, Hive. I don't have Hives. It's Hive. <laughs> YouTube, Twitch, Kick, Facebook Gaming, <laughs> Dan Law, 8-3. I got nothing else. For- <laughs> Ask for it by name. Ask for it by name. Ask your doctor if HIAC Talk Radio is healthy enough for you. For Craig Legans, I am the above average comedian losing his voice. One can only hope. We will see you in two weeks. Keep it on the paper. <laughs> <laughs>